Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zelensky Show today. I would really appreciate if you are not supporting this ministry, would you consider becoming a partner with me? I would appreciate that support very much. Just simply go to SheilaZelensky.com. There is a donate form. There's many other very convenient, easy ways to support this ministry. And I would really appreciate your support. Thank you for that. Listen, if you did not see the show that I did called Demon Tech, there's probably at least a hundred hours into that show with the research and just finding all the articles that I wanted to put in that show and doing a deep dive into uh, some stuff. It took a long time. And so it's not available in the podcast. It really just doesn't do it justice. Really, the video is so important for this expose. So please go over there to my YouTube channel and find Demon Tech. And uh, boy, am I getting a lot of feedback on that show. That is something else. So again, that is not available on the podcast. So make sure that you subscribe, hit the bell and get notifications on my YouTube channel. Well, today I wanted to invite Dr. Danny Moreno back on the program. I really went to Danny and I said, listen, you know, as we've got a couple weeks into the Book of Revelation Bible study, I really started realizing what is happening here with this group. I don't think I really could have understood what was going to be created through putting this call out to do a Book of Revelation Bible study. I don't see it as a study anymore. I see this as God bringing a true family together, ecclesia, that koinonia relationship being developed as we press into the word of God, as we grow together, get to know each other. I think there's something way bigger in this. And I'm not sure what I was thinking when I capped it at 30 people. I really don't know why I did that because you know what I think I did there was I did a real disservice in doing that because I really believe there's so many more people can benefit from what God is doing through this first study that we're doing together as a group. I think this is just so much more than a Bible study now that I've been involved in it several Sundays in a row. And we're really at the infancy stages. So I want to open it up to people to join this I think very powerful, incredible group. The first hour we teach and then the second hour we open it up to discuss it as a group. The group can ask Danny and I questions. It's just really morphed into something that even I don't think I fully understand what God is doing through this group of people that love the Lord, want to press into the word, want to grow and learn together, share our experiences as we go through this incredibly important book. But it's the fellowship that is developing. Imagine having a group of supportive, like-minded individuals as you grow and learn together. I think it's just tremendously powerful. And I would be doing a great disservice to people if I didn't open it back up. We're early enough in it. If you want to register and join us, you can watch the first three videos on your own time and get caught up. So I really want Danny to join me in this discussion. What really is this that we now see that we have? Why this is so important and the importance of why we opened it back up again? Well, I think it's very important for a couple of reasons. I think you stated one already, which is how relevant it is. You know, and it surprises me when I talk to people, even minister friends, and I kind of get the feedback 
of, you know, it's not really relevant or, you know, it's too difficult for people. People are not ready for that. That's too deep. And we need to really get people up to a place where they're ready to handle that and so on and so forth. I have not found that to be the case already as we've been going through this course, because, you know, I get that question so often, you know, well, what about forsaking the assembling of ourselves together? And I say, well, what does that mean to go to the show at the same time? Because when I go to most churches and especially mega churches and so on, it's like going to a, a Broadway musical or a, a pop concert or something like that. You know, people are going there, they take their seat. Yeah, they might say hello and greet one another or hug one another. But mainly it's it's going there and, and being entertained, okay? And you can tell me that it's spiritual entertainment, all right. But it's still on the level of very shallow entertainment, most of it. There's a lot of singing and a lot of music, and I have nothing against praise and worship. I enjoy worshiping the Lord through song. I'm a musician and a singer myself, so I have nothing against music. I love music, but I think there's an inordinate amount of attention based on a performance that's going on on the stage, much like in, in a worldly concert setting or, or club, just without the alcohol and drugs and, and sin and stuff. But what, what are we gathering around? Are we coming to gather around the Word of God? Is that the central focus? Is that what the people that are coming are truly hungering and thirsting for? And um, I started out online, and uh, I really felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you don't need any of that. I want you to go, the Lord was like, I want you to go straight to the meat of the matter. People need the word of God. They need the anointed word of God, the apostolic doctrine. They have been in such a state of malnutrition for so long. There has been such a famine of the word of the Lord in the land that, you know, we can balance it out by just having, you know, the focus on the word of God. They've had enough praise and worship. They've had enough singing and dancing and all this other stuff. What people are lacking is the word of God. And I don't believe the other thing that I was going to say about the Revelation study is I don't think we give people enough credit. I think that sometimes even as ministers, we're a little arrogant and we're a little disrespectful toward the people, making the people sound like they're stupid, like, they're, you know, we're so intelligent and we know the Bible so well. And, you know, but these poor little sheeple, I mean, this is going to be over their heads. And there are a lot of lot of Christians who are very intelligent. I am convinced there are a lot of Christians that are a lot more intelligent than I am. I mean, God may have called me to preach and teach and he's given given me a certain gift and, and I do have the Holy Spirit and, you know, I've studied and so on, but people are a lot more intelligent than we give them credit for. And I think they can absorb a whole lot more than, than we think that they can, even when it comes to spiritual things. They want Christians to keep it simple, stupid. They want Christians to stay in, you know, this Disney world, la-la land of, of the counterfeit church. They want to people to be distracted with very shallow, pseudo-spiritual, I would call it soulish entertainment in the churches, and never really become versed in the Word of God, not really become students in the Word of God. You know, we have that scripture in the letter to Timothy that says, and this is not addressed to pastors or leaders or teachers in the body of Christ. This is uh, addressed to all 
members of the body of Christ. And that's the admonition to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I think that we are in an hour right now, especially here in the Western culture. I'm having great results in the East with people, again, as I would say, even pastors and leaders that I know have come from the lowest castes of the Indian people, which means that they haven't been afforded the opportunity to have a high level of education. They may not be uh, the greatest readers and writers of the world, but they are eating up this apostolic doctrine that I'm teaching them deep things of the word of God, and they are excited about it. Why would God give us the scriptures if he thought they were too deep for us and over our heads? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's a reason that Jesus of Nazareth, he's the writer of Revelation. It's often said, Sheila, that, you know, Jesus never wrote anything. Well, that's not completely accurate because Jesus dictated the book of Revelation, as we refer to it. He dictated this prophecy. And apparently he thought, my people can handle this. And his people are at all levels. And when we're going through this in our course, I'm watching the people. They're excited. They're hungry. And they're interested in the, in the uh, concepts that are being brought forth. I think, again, this mystique has been created. And because of a lot of false doctrine and a lot of hype, about the Antichrist and the mark of the beast and Israel in the last days and all these things, it scared people and made people think that this thing is like written in Chinese and no one can understand it. When the fact of the matter is when we're going through it, we're not seeing that at all. I'm not saying that there are not challenging concepts in the book of Revelation, but there are challenging concepts in the letters of Paul. And the church has spent their whole career in the letters of Paul more than anywhere else. And Paul was no idiot. He wasn't writing like these, uh, you know, popular life coach Christian teachers today. He wasn't writing on a third grade level. He, he was writing on an intellectual level. Paul was a very educated man and he didn't tone it down to stupid. He didn't dumb it down for people. He spoke you know, on the level that he understood things. And he was not afraid to give that to the normal people. So I think that this is really a, a work of the devil to try to keep people out of the word of God and make people feel intimidated. One or two of our people mentioned, and this is also very important, is that we have this interactive part of the study. We teach for an hour, and then we have an hour of discussion, an hour of Q&A, question and answer, back and forth. Where are you going to get that in church? I don't see many churches, if any, that afford the people the chance to ask any question they want and uh, have it, you know, have the leaders attempt to answer to the best of their ability. This, to me, is assembling together. This, to me, is fellowship. This, to me, is iron sharpening iron, not sitting there like a spectator at a sporting event or a music concert or a Broadway play. And as soon as it's over, we all get up and leave and go to our cars in the parking lot and drive away and come back next week. No, this is a real interactive thing. And one of the things that I noticed that a couple of our people shared in the discussion time was that they felt that they were not worthy of studying this material. Where did they get that idea from? Where did they get this idea that they're not worthy? Well, I think Satan's working through the church system, through the hierarchy of the church system to keep these hirelings in power 
over the people to give the people the idea, you know, well, you really can't, you know. I mean, this is the oldest trick in the book. In the secular world, the same trick is used. You always got to keep the people at a lower level. And you always got to put on the, the charade that your level's above them. And therefore, you're needed. The people need you. They need to follow you because they just don't understand. It's too deep for them. It's too challenging. They need to just follow and obey. Don't we have this going on in the world right now? This is the biggest dumbing down I've ever seen in my life, what's going on right now. And it's no different in the church world. And I believe that Jesus is very angry about this. I believe he's very upset about this. And I believe that he's raising ministries like this up to tell the people, don't be afraid to come out of that phony system. And that's another aspect we have going on where people are afraid that, you know, these churches are getting shut down. And as I've said before, I don't believe Satan's just doing that. I think God's involved in doing a lot of that. He's trying to help his people to get to the real word of God and get away from the wolves in sheep's clothing. And he's shutting a lot of this these, these false counterfeit church representations down. And the people don't know where to go. They don't know what to do because they've never been trained. But I believe, as the word ecclesia, the definition for it is, it's the called out people. It's the gathering together of the called out ones. So they're called out of the whore of Babylon, which in my educated opinion is the church system. They're being called out of the whore of Babylon and they're being called into the true fellowship of the saints, the ecclesia, the gathering together of the called out ones. And it's about the word of God. It's not about entertainment. It's not about jumping up and down and acting soulish and, and acting crazy. Okay, there's been enough of that long enough. When are we going to open up the word of God and learn it? Because the scripture tells us about itself that it's the sword of the Holy Spirit. The word of God is the sword of the Holy Spirit. Well, if I pick up a sword and I've never been trained in using a sword and I start swinging it, I'm going to start cutting my own limbs off, other people's limbs off, and I'm going to get killed in battle because I don't know how to use my weapon. Okay, so when are we going to learn how to use the sword of the spirit? When are we going to learn the word of God? And that's what we're doing in this Revelation course. And I don't think there's anything wrong with starting with the book of Revelation. Uh, I think it's the most relevant thing we could possibly get into right now. We're living in the book of Revelation and we're dispelling, Sheila, every week we're dispelling a lot of this fantasy, okay, and a lot of this false teaching about what the book of Revelation is all about. You know, this, uh, the system of dispensationalism, the rapture, all this nonsense that Christian people have been taught that has intimidated them. And made them think, oh, those concepts, they're too deep. I can't figure that out. I leave that to the pastor and so on. I leave that to the theologians. And as we're actually going through the real book, people are finding out, wow, this isn't about all that nonsense at all. This is about the gospel. This is about the glory of Jesus Christ. This is about the coming of Jesus Christ. This is about the establishment of his coming, his kingdom. And yes, it is about um, the victory, the ultimate victory of the kingdom of light over the kingdom of darkness. And it is teaching about the mechanisms and the machinations of the kingdom of darkness too, which we also need to be aware of. I think a lot of Christians today are ignorant of Satan's devices. And I think that's why the state of the church, okay, and, and 
uh, people who listen to me will know that I do not subscribe to the word church. I do not subscribe to the concept of church. It's a demonic aberration. It's a false representation of the bride of Christ. And it is it is rooted in occultism and paganism, and it is not what Jesus is building. And uh, Jesus is building his people, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And he's giving people a chance. In Revelation itself, Revelation 18.4, the angel gives the invitation and the warning, come out of her, my people, and be partakers not of her sins and receive not of her plagues. Come out of where? Mystery Babylon. Come out of the whore of Babylon. Come out of this false Christendom. Come out of this false religious system, which is in fornication with, yes, the beast system itself. So I think that People have a lot to learn, and they'll enjoy this. And we're not coming at this with a dark, doom, end-of-the-world approach. Not at all. We're coming at this with a joyful spirit, with a, you know expectant spirit. We want to learn. We want to learn about our Lord. We want to learn about his coming kingdom. You know, Revelation doesn't just talk about the Antichrist people, Okay. Revelation reveals the coming kingdom of Christ, the eternal kingdom. It speaks of the new Jerusalem. It speaks of our eternal abode as saints. It speaks of our glorification. It speaks of our victory, the crowns and the, and the rewards that the overcomers in Christ will receive. It is a victorious and ex Christ-exalting and even saint-believer-exalting book. So I just want to encourage anyone who hears this to get involved in this course. I guarantee you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it very much. Yeah, and I don't even think it's about really just enjoying it. I think it's just so, I don't think you can put a price tag on the value of that like-minded fellowship. The word is koinonia relationship. I just don't think you can ever put a price tag on growing together as you press into the things of God. I just think there's those relationships are just so incredibly valuable and so beneficial. And we need that in this time, especially the times we live in. I mean, look around. Demon tech I mean, if that isn't right where we are at, I don't know what is. And it ties into what we are talking about in the book of Revelation. And uh, boy, I just think God is really doing something really special here. And I want other people to be a part of this. Absolutely, absolutely. And let me just say that, you know, I was so blown away by that demon tech expose that you did. And people, you know, it's important. I mean, there's a lot of revelation about the practical outworkings of evil that are going on in this whole COVID sham, in this whole eugenics plan, in this whole depopulation plan, in this whole forming of the new world order, in these demonic, deadly vaccinations and things. And, and there are many more things planned. And Sheila brings so many things out in that expose. But what I think is important is that we are able to map along with what's going on in the world right now with what we've been foretold by our Lord Jesus Christ in the scriptures 2,000 years ago, people, you know? And I listen to people, well, why doesn't God just let us know what's going on? Why does God leave us in the dark? And God's, you know, it's God's fault this, and it's God's fault that. Well, you know what, people? God has revealed 
you know, the dark future and the bright future in, in the scriptures. But the bottom line is very few people visit the scriptures who even claim to follow Christ. And I think it's so important to map where we are. And the things that Sheila has brought out in this expose, we can map a lot of that according to what has been revealed to us, for instance, in the book of Revelation. People are blindly like stupid sheep just going and taking these vaccinations, following all these protocols of this demonic world order, and they have no clue of the origins and the evil spirits that are working behind these agendas, and that this is the unfolding of the final act in the war between the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of Satan. And that's what the book of Revelation, more than any other letter or book in the, in the scriptures, lays out for us so clearly, the final conflict. And I think it's so important that the, of all books in, in the Bible, that the book of Revelation be read and understood and even mastered by every Christian, because that's where we are. That's what we're living in. I mean, I look at so many of these wannabe Jews, okay, they all want to live back, you know, in the Old Testament. Even a lot of these churches, you go to these churches and they're preaching about David and Abraham and Moses, and that's all wonderful, okay? These things were given to us for examples, the Apostle Paul says in the New Testament. But where are we living? We're not living as Jews under the Old Covenant. We're not in the land of Palestine 4,000 years ago. We're not in the, you know, the kingdom of David and Solomon's Jerusalem. We're not even in the book of Daniel under the Roman, the old Roman system, okay, and going to the temple and attending synagogues. That's not the world we're living in, people. But we are living in the book of Revelation. I guarantee you that. I say that in the name of Jesus with all authority. We are in the book of Revelation, and we need to know what's going on. And yes, you can be an ostrich, and you can bury your head in the sand, and, you know, leave your arm up so they can vaccinate you even while your head's under the sand. And you can keep allowing them to change your DNA and turn you into a Nephilim zombie if that's what you want to do. I'm grieved. I have people around me that, you know, claiming to be Christians, claiming that Christ is their Lord. And yet they have no hesitation to allow this DNA-altering, Nephilim-creating cocktail to go into their bodies. They have no problem walking around looking like mouthless demons with this stupid mask on their face, having no idea of the satanic origins of that thing. That You know, they just follow the plan. Well, Revelation warns us we better not be following the plan. The only plan we're supposed to be following is the plan of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're that's what we're looking at here. And we dispel a lot of the false beliefs. You know, there are a lot of Christians that they're under a false teaching. They've been told by, you know, either misguided or sinister false teachers that, you know, they have nothing to worry to, to worry about about the last days. They're not even going to be here. They're going to be vacuumed out of here. They're going to be sucked up before it gets bad. They're going to be raptured, okay? And uh, all that bad stuff that's in the book of Revelation, 
that we don't even need to worry about because we're not going to be here. That's too bad for all the people that are left here. But we, we that are American, especially American and Canadian, Western Christians, we're not going to have to worry about that because we're going to be raptured out of here and, you know, and, and a lot of other false stuff. Okay. And they just keep waiting. So, well, that, that, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, well, the new temple hasn't built, been built yet. Oh, well, this person, the Antichrist, hasn't stood up the way we were showed in the omen, what he's going to look like and what he's going to do. We haven't been raptured. So we know that the time is not here. The Antichrist hasn't signed the covenant with Israel yet. They've been taught these markers, but these markers are wrong, people. They're false doctrine. And so Christians are not preparing themselves uh, for the actual battle that they're already in, not that they're going to be in, because they're waiting for certain false signs that false teachers have taught them, the same teachers that keep them out of the book of Revelation, many of them, and they don't realize that we're further along into this last act, this final act, than, than we believe. For instance, this mark of the beast. I mean, what does, what does Revelation say? That anyone who did not have this mark of the beast could not buy, nor sell, nor trade. Well, what's going on right now? If I don't have that mask on my face, uh, you know, it's a lot more uh, tame down here. And uh, I don't get hassled as much. But in most parts of the United States of America, Sheila can tell you up in Canada, if you don't have that mask of the beast on your face, you're not going to be able to buy or sell or trade. You're not going to be able to fly on an airplane. You're not going to be able to go to school. You may not be able to go to work, okay? And now they're pushing for these vaccinations to be the next tier of, you know, you're not going to be able to do any of the natural existential things of life. People, this is not all spiritual up in the cloud stuff, revelation. This is very practical down to earth. Jesus told us clearly, this stuff is going to hit you where you live. This isn't not just a spiritual persecution. This is an economic persecution. This is an existential persecution, okay, where you're not going to be able to do the natural things of life if you don't yield to the system of the beast, or let's call it in modern language, the new world order. And that is being formed clearly all around us, and it's encroaching upon us, and it's starting to weigh down upon us. And people, we got to be ready. We got to be ready to stand for our faith, even if it means our mortal lives in the end. And how many Christians, especially in the West, are prepared for that? Let's stay in, in, you know, God is a friend of mine. Stay in La La Disneyland. Well, you know what? Satan's laughing, people. He's laughing because, you know, God might be a friend of yours while you're in the re-education camp. This thing is getting real. And it's time for us to really equip ourselves with the word of God. So, you know, we invite you, we invite you to come and be part of this beautiful study. And uh, if you've missed the first few weeks, we will make sure that you get the videos that you missed so you can get caught up and join in where we're at. And I guarantee you that it's going to revolutionize your life and your walk with the Lord. We bat the ball around a lot. So talk about the importance of that. You're not going to get that with your uh, with your cappuccino pastor either. 
Yes, we do. We uh, and and again, that's something I uh, like I shared. We actually were ahead of the curve. The Lord was was good, and it was hard at the beginning, wasn't it, Sheila? When we were on the internet, and the prosperity churches were still flourishing, the seeker friendly churches were off the hook, and we were on the internet. And, you know, people didn't even take us seriously. Oh, please, internet. You can't call that a ministry if you're on the internet. I said, well, I'll tell you what. The people that are getting discipled through this ministry on the internet, they're exhibiting real fruit. I mean, the people that I started out with, they're teachers now. I go into these churches and I meet people that have been into these churches for decades and they've been all over the circuit, all different denominations, all different streams, all different moves of the spirit, all and they don't know the, the, the first basics about really, you know, walking out a true Christian life. That's a tragedy. That's tragic. But that's really the case, the anemic case of a lot of people who claim to love the Lord you know, but ignorance is no excuse. You know, the Lord is not going to excuse our ignorance. He, he wants us to be assertive about going where, where we need to go to be fed. So I think that this is a time where, you know, we, we have a wonderful fellowship. We have a wonderful exchange. People are able to ask their questions. They don't have to be intimidated about it. They can freely ask. No question is a stupid question, no question is too much. So we discuss things. We even let people, if they have something to add to what we're talking about, we want them to share. And this is what it's about, people. And, you know, I don't have to know about it as the pastor. I don't have to know about it four weeks in advance and run it through my, you know, my presbytery and make sure that there's somebody who's there to squash it and not let you share it. That's not the way we work. It's an open forum. And it's nice for them to have pastors that are willing to shepherd them. We're actually taking the time to teach and to guide and to lead and develop fruit. What did Jesus say? Feed my sheep. They need to be fed. And that's where we really come in and assist. Well, people, like I said, you know, Jesus got off the boat, right? And he looked upon the people. And he had great compassion, for he saw the people as sheep without a shepherd. And there was a great upheaval in the time when Jesus appeared on the earth. People were lost. They didn't know what to believe. They didn't know where to go. I mean, Israel was a satellite of the Roman Empire, and they were being persecuted by that Roman Empire. They were being squashed, and they were being forced to submit to tyranny and to paganism and to even the occult and witchcraft. And it was very difficult and the people were confused and they didn't know, you know, what to believe. And uh, Jesus had that attitude and we have that attitude right now because we have Christ in us. And that's how we feel that the people are like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord Jesus's heart is breaking for his people and he wants to gather them to himself, right? He, you know, in Revelation 3.20, you know, at the door of one of the assemblies, Jesus knocks and he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, let him open the door and I will come into him 
and I will sup with him, and he will sup with me. That's an invitation to intimacy, a friendship, a fellowship, a passionate, even romance, spiritually speaking. And this is what the Lord wants with his people. He, he's not looking to put on a show. I mean, really, people, take a look at what goes on in most churches today and look and go into the, the Gospels and look at the ministry of Jesus. Did Jesus have any of this fanfare going on? Did he need to work the crowd? Did he need to work up the anointing with a bunch of music and a bunch of entertainment? And, a bu and then did he make sure that he kept it light and short so everyone could get home to the football game? Was that Jesus' approach to ministry? No, it was not. Nor is it today. You know, a lot of people are searching and they're seeking. You know, one, one lovely lady asked us on the, the call this past Sunday, but brother, you know, what about the forsaking of the assembling of ourselves together? You know, and of course, she's thinking about going to church. And I said, well, what are you doing right now, sister? Aren't you assembling together with the believers? Are we not fellowshipping? Are we not breaking the bread of the word of God? You see how Satan has twisted these concepts and turn them into something else through his false church system. And this is the hour where Jesus is saying enough of this. Enough. Yeah, because boy, there is a lateness of the hour. And I agree with that statement. So if you would like to join us in this powerful book of Revelation Bible study slash fellowship slash koinonia, relationship building, this family that I believe God is putting together, go register right now and come on board with us and join us this Sunday. And uh, like I said, if there's a registration up on your screen. You can go to SheilaZelinski.com. You click on training and the book of Revelation Bible study is in there. There is a cost. And you know, I'm not even going to rationalize this, Danny. We, we hired somebody to do all the videos and put them together, uh, do the Zoom calls, produce everything. It's costing us time and money. It really grooves my spirit that everything when it comes to God has to be free. And it's just really heartbreaking and sad to me that the people just don't revere the things of God and everything has to be free. They don't put any intrinsic value on it. There's a real stingy spirit when it comes to this. And uh, it's just sad to me. To me, that whole attitude of being stingy and not wanting to give to God's work and, and pay for things that God's people do. To me, it's just another indication of carnality. It's just, a, again, another sign of immaturity and a lack of love. And, and the biggest fruit of maturing in Christ's love is our generous spirit. I mean, God was generous. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So, I mean, that to me is Christianity 101. And so I'm just excited to see many of you join on. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm looking forward to meeting you and uh, fellowshipping with you and breaking the bread of the word of God together with you. So I love you all. Sheila and I both love you all very much. And we hope to see you in the course. God bless you all. So go get registered right now. Join us. Go to SheilaZelinski.com slash training. It's on the menu and get involved with this and join us this Sunday. You will not regret it. It's so amazing what God is doing through this group. And we're looking forward to you coming on board. Thank you so much for listening today. We will see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.